showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends at the Long Box Crusade. We are back in Gotham City in our recording studio set up in one of the many unused rooms in stately Wayne Manor. I'm your host, Jared Albrecht, the art sale artist, and joining me as always is the Robin of my Batman. It's Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Cristados, and how are we feeling today, boy wonder Cristados? Well, Jared, it's all aboard for fun in Gotham, but... I don't have enough energy for the fun. I would like to oh. ride that Batmobile, but I just don't have enough energy. Oh, okay. I recommend for a person oh. of your age, since you are Robin. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe some sunbeam bread. Oh. Or maybe like a like a Long Island iced tea. Yeah. Hard think... to say what your age is. <laughs> you know what? Both. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Also joining me is the laziest Alfred Pennyworth of all time. It is my brother, Jason, the Weasel Skull. All brick. And how are you today, Jason? I filled out my, updated my resume. I've got it out there on the web because this has got to stop. You know what they did to me yesterday? They had me dress up like some minor dude and then put me in like a patsy to go face off all these gangsters who are threatening to dip me in this acid bath and beat the crap out of me. And they think it's all fun and games. I'm tired of these folks, man. I'm tired. Well, hang in there, faithful butler. We have to go without our incorruptible lawman, Commissioner Delvin the Dark Web Williams. On our way over here, we are all heading over here. We're all in a hurry. We all did the right thing and grabbed us a piece of sunbeam bread. Delvin did not. We didn't make it. Maybe next time. All right. <laughs> you got that wonder bread, man. That wonder bread ain't going to fuel you up. You need sunbeam. Got speed, Delvin. Got speed. Got, next time, get the sunbeam bread, Delvin. Pat, yes, do your thing. Do your thing. Well, Jared, I am glad you asked. Saturday Matinee Theater is a retro review show brought to you by the Longbox Crusade, where we will be taking you back to the past with some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of television, movie serials, or films. Basically, if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten, we're going to dig it up. On this episode, we will continue our dive into 1943's Batman Serial. 1943's Batman Serial was produced by Rudolph C. Flotho. It starred Lewis Wilson as Batman and Douglas Croft as Robin. So grab your Batarang, fire up the Batmobile, and swing into adventure. But don't forget to make sure it's a real beard before you go yanking on it.
before we hand it over to, I guess, Jason for this episode's info, let's take a look, or in this case, a listen to a commercial that would have been playing at this time when this episode was released back in 1943. This will help us get in the right time frame of mind, if you will, and transport us back to the 40s for this episode's commercial retro rewind. We're going to be talking about, you guessed it, Sunbeam Bread. Everybody needs energy-packed Sunbeam Bread. Yes, it's all aboard for fun in the park, but Junior hasn't got energy enough for fun. He'd sure like to ride that horse. Hey, what's this? An energy-packed Sunbeam Sandwich. You bet every delicious slice of Sunbeam Bread sure does pack a big energy wallop. There's nothing like Sunbeam Energy to help you stay on the beam. Now, look at them go. On Sunbeam Energy, they sure do enjoy life. Everybody needs the kind of real zip and zing pep that delicious Sunbeam Bread gives you. Yes, stay on the beam with energy-packed Sunbeam Bread. All day long, eat Sunbeam Bread and renew energy as you burn it up. Eat delicious Sunbeam Bread. All right, Sunbeam Bread. Jason. My first thought as I watch this is I remember our grandparents and our father telling us how tougher, how much sturdier they were back in the day and how we're soft. Our generation's soft. How much energy does it really take to sit your butt down on a merry-go-round <laughs> and run around? Like, I get, this I kid's like, oh, I'm going to fall off if I don't get my... <laughs> Give me some sunbeam bread, man. I'm like, come on. Yeah, just sit there. Just sit there, man. That's my first thought. Pat, <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching this with my adult eyes now. And two things. One, I really like the energy the announcer guy had. That's why I used it in my opening bit. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a cool commercial. And you, you got that old timey, that's right, folks. It's time for some sweet action here with some bread. We're going to eat it up and get moving on. But don't forget all the carbs that you're going to be chugging down in that piece of bread. That's what's going to give you all the sugar you need to make sure you're on that merry-go-round because it's going round and round and round. It's never going to stop. And that's a cool cowboy outfit you had on, kid. <laughs> One of my favorite thing about old timey commercials is like it was definitely an advertising trope back in the day to make sure you say the name of your product several <laughs> times. <laughs> I've been listening to some old radio shows from this same era, the Basil Rathbone, Sherlock sure. Holmes radio shows, and they're all well, not all, but the majority of the ones I've been listening to have been sponsored by Petrie Wine, and that dude's like, "Get a drink, fine, Petrie Wine with your dinner." Don't forget Petrie Wine, P E T R I. Ask for it by name, Petrie Wine. And Sunbeam <laughs> Bread Guy was not about to be outdone by Petrie Wine. <laughs> now, personal story, and uh, you know what? Before I get to the personal story, we got a tip of the cap to Sunbeam Bread because they are still around to this day. I can't say I've ever had a. I don't remember having a piece of sunbeam bread at all. I know they're alive and well. I don't know, Jason, if you have it in your area, but we have it here in the Southeast. For oh, sure. okay. I actually went looking for it last time I was in the grocery store. I, get, I didn't find it here. Not saying it's not here somewhere, but... Were you looking for it by name? Sunbeam, S-U-N-B-E-A-M, sunbeam bread, because I got to keep this energy energy. Jason was going to head to the merry-go-round. He was not about to be left out. Go sit here and podcast for two hours without eating some sunbeam bread? Come on, son. (laughs) 
okay, maybe it's a Southeast thing now. I don't know. But as you guys know, I like to wear kind of fun shirts, interesting shirts. And my wife went to a yard sale, as we tend to do, and she found in my size someone who had worked for the local bread company. So I have a Sunbeam bread. It's a nice button-up shirt. It's like a blue and white plaid pattern, and it says Sunbeam on the lapel. Billy on the other side. This guy's clearly his name was Billy. And my favorite thing about the shirt is I can walk, as long as I walk with a sense of purpose, I can walk into any grocery store, grab two loaves of sunbeam bread, walk right out, nobody's home. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Need to get one of those for little Debbie's. <laughs> <laughs> so with Jared's Tales of Larceny out of the way, let's get into our episode info where Jason will fill in for Delvin on this episode. Thank you, Jared. This is chapter six, and it was titled Poison Peril. Release date was August 20th, 1943. The director was Lambert Hillier. Writers were Victor McLeod, Leslie Swabacker, and Harry L. Fraser. It guest starred J. Carol Nash as Dr. Tito Daka, Shirley Patterson as Linda Page, William Austin as Alfred, and we've got a mystery guest, which will be revealed later in the show as Ken Colton. As a reminder, all 15 episodes are available on YouTube. We highly encourage you to watch this episode before proceeding with this podcast because not only is it just more fun that way, but Jared is about to give a synopsis about this episode and then we're going to discuss it. So there are probably going to be some spoilers heading your way. Again, if you haven't watched this episode, we recommend you pause here, go check it out on YouTube, and then come back to join our discussion. And at about 20 minutes per episode, it's not a big time demand. For those of you who are watching along with us, we'd love to hear your insights. Don't forget to comment about the show on Twitter using the hashtag I'm following Batman. Pat. Hashtag I'm following Batman. Jared. Hashtag I'm, I'm, hang on. Have some sunbeam bread, Jared. There we go. Hashtag I'm following Batman. And oh, by the way, if you don't want to just hashtag I'm following Batman, you can literally give us a call and leave a voicemail at 707-532-5269. 707-532-LBOX. Jason, give me a hashtag. Hashtag I'm following Batman. Pick up the phone. <laughs> hashtag pick up the phone. All right. And with that, let's turn it over to Jared for this episode's summary. saw Batman, he was being shot down by civil air defense in an experimental plane while fighting a couple of mind-controlled aircraft plant workers, and shot down he was. How did he survive? Batman! That's all I got. And Dr. Daka ain't happy, because not only was his theft of the experimental plane thwarted, but his co-conspirators in the Japanese submarine that were waiting on him, well, they got destroyed by U.S. coastal defenses. 
Daka is flat out tired of Batman ruining everything. So he says, forget about radium guns and forget about stolen planes. All effort is going to be about finding Batman and destroying him. Being a crafty cat, Daka realizes that there's some kind of connection between Linda Page and Batman. So he bugs her apartment and the bug pays off quickly when Linda hosts Bruce Dick and their mutual friend, Ken Colton. Ken has just discovered a radium mine. So that's like a bonus to Daka. Radium is back on the table. But Dick discovers and destroys the wiretap before Daka can discover the location of the mine. So the evil doctor sends some heavies to go beat the information out of Colton. But guess who saves the day again? So Daka sets up another trap for Colton, but Batman is on to him and he sends Alfred in disguise to pose as Colton. It all goes well until Batman, Robin, and Alfred get their kicked by killer croc i'm kidding it was three regular goons and as batman's unconscious body lies on the floor and alfred and robin are locked in the closet there's a huge chemical explosion did the trio survive the blast how could batman and robin have the element of surprise and still lose a fight to three regular guys and just who is ken colton tune in to find out There's a lot packed into that episode, gentlemen. Jason, take it away. Hi, low, what the? I would be remiss if I didn't pick it up from our last episode in which I gave the warning that if they didn't have a good ending to that cliffhanger of the plane being shot down, penalties, penalties would be coming. Hmm. Penalties are here. That was just read. <laughs> Ridiculous. Basically, the plane gets shot down, blows all apart, and Batman just comes walking out of that wreck. He <laughs> came out from under the wing like, oh, hey, yeah. fellas. Hey, was <laughs> like, how did he get out? That's what I have on my notes. How did he get out of the plane? And he's out of the plane, but then he has to go back and drag everybody else's on out yeah. of the plane. Yeah. Yeah, that is not a satisfactory resolution to that cliffhanger they left us with in Chapter 5. The thing that bugs me most about it, Jason, is that how hard would it have been to put a three-second insert shot of Batman going out the door as the plane's coming in low, spreading the bat wings, and just gliding off to the side? I would have bought that all day. I would have bought it all day. (laughs) I would have bought him just in the plane crashing and the two guys taking his fall for him or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, something, if they would have had something in there. But just to have him pop up from out from under the wing, not a scratch on him, that is just absolutely ludicrous. So I said to expect penalties. Penalties are coming. Fair enough. Fair enough. Pat, round one, high, low. What the? I'm going to give this a high. Jason took my low with kind of wondering what happened to Batman, how he ended up in the ground. So I'm going to give a high that I thought was really cool, and it is going to DACA. Oh, that's what I was going to do in my first round. I'm interested to see what you got. I have just him being so smooth on the radio when he's calling and talking (laughs) to the people, because right before he gets back onto the radio, he's like, oh, man, his voice is a little higher. He's kind of agitated. But the minute he gets in front of that mic, he's all like, nah, 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 calling whatever, calling whatever. And then he's just got that calm, smoothing voice. And I'm mm. like, you know what? He could be a podcaster. Mm-hmm. In the Air Force, we called that radio discipline. Did they call it radio discipline in the Army too, Jason? They did, yes. You're trained to yeah. not freak out on the radio <laughs> to keep it level and understandable. I lost mm-hmm. my GD submarine. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, you know, the minute... Because he went from a different tone to the boom, right away he's in the smooth radio mm-hmm. tone and he's just talking mm-hmm. and he's keeping cool. I'm like, wow, 
that's a pretty cool guy that there that can do that. I'm going to jump right on that too. Okay. In a very similar vein, I really liked Daka. He wasn't in it a ton, but he had a real good scene up front. Mm-hmm. that I really like because I just like his focus. Like I said in the summer, he basically said, screw radium guns, screw experimental planes. This cat is ruining everything I'm trying to do. We're putting all efforts into taking out Batman. That's mm-hmm. what we're going to do. And I was like, that's good planning. <laughs> I respect yeah. that. But I think he says, could it possibly be that Bruce Wayne is Batman? No, no, that fool could never be Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it's the classic, like when Lex Luthor was straight up told that Clark Kent was Superman, he was like, no, no, <laughs> no, not that goofball. No way a man that powerful acts like that all the time. <laughs> yeah. In that scene, since we're talking about it, I did like they showed his screen with the guy's hand on it. Because mm-hmm. yep. that was something that I, I had asked early on. I think we saw it like real early, like maybe the second mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Even. It's like, what is up with the hand thing? And then you saw it at his desk. He's got the receiving end of that, so he can now. I get it. Okay, he can mm. tell that the person at the door is a member of his. Yeah, yeah. I think they're wearing a ring that shows. Ring, up in a yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Good continuity from from beginning. Yeah, yeah. It is back to you, Jason, for a high or a low or a what the. Boy, there's a lot to choose from. There's a lot of stuff that happened in this episode. I'm just gonna say that, and I know that I'm repeating this high. But seeing them come out of the clock again, every time I see that, it's just like, ah, oh, man. And like, it, like Alfred tried to like block it with yeah. his body. Right. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. Try, trying to block, block the line of sight from, from Linda there. I don't know. It's just something that it doesn't matter where you jump on in Batman continuity. It could be the comics in the 30s, the show in the 40s, the show in the 60s, the comic in the 70s, 80s, 90s, up to today. You see him come out of that clock, and it's like, that's Batman and Robin. I just love it. So, see him come out of the clock, high for me. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, the clock is kind of cool. And I really, I did really like Alfred trying to block that light of sight from Linda. Like, oh, the boys are here. (laughs) You guys want to put some warning system on that. (laughs) He's giving her, like, a big story about, oh, I don't know where they are. They could be out of state they could be out of the country they could be <laughs> yeah i think they went to the beach and yeah. <laughs> what do you think pat high low what the round two i'm gonna go with a what the and the reason i say that now is because with alfred being a kind of a center point for this episode somewhat when he dresses up as colton it made me sit there and think well was he playing colton before Man, he did look good though. He looked like that guy. He's not. It was not the same actor. <laughs> okay, because I, I was like, "Am I getting doped again?" <laughs> no, I will. I will say when they had him, I, I looked. I was like, "Man, that's a good makeup job." <laughs> because like the guy's the, the original Colton guy. He's got that fake kind of a beard. You know, I'm like, "That's got to be a fake beard." Come on, nobody can have a beard like that. And then when they make Alfred do it, I'm like, "Well, does he just throw on a different accent?" And I guess I'm. So used to how things were done with Sherlock Holmes. Got tired of being duped. Yeah. I'm not going to get duped on this Batman. I'm not going to get duped. <laughs> but now that you say that, it's somebody else. So I got duped again. I don't know. <laughs> you got duped inside your dupe. Yes. You know, I want to tag on to that too, because that's kind of a frustration for me. I was like, okay, first of all, 
why does Alfred need to be Ken Colton? Why can't they send Ken Colton to be Ken Colton? <laughs> I, I, I don't, I guess he was maybe still in the hospital. He was in his room. Yeah, he and was in right away in the morning. He's like, hey, Bruce, I'm ready to go. How come you're not up? Because they're like, no, don't go in there. It might be a trap. Let me send my butler. Like, what? And just knowing no. what we know about this version of Alfred and the brief meeting we've had with Ken Colton, I know which one I'd rather have in my corner in a fist fight. And it ain't Alfred. Nah, <laughs> no, man. The fool got, I had to rewind that part too. I'm like, who just got shoved in, in a different room? And I, oh, that's Alfred. <laughs> that got, like, basically got locked in his locker, you know, like he was <laughs> a kid in high school. Yeah. And, and that last scene, I, I got a little disappointed too, because I'm just so tired of seeing Batman and Robin getting taken out by normal dudes. Okay, I get it. We haven't reached the part yet in Batman lore where he's a martial arts mastermind. Okay, he's a good fighter and all that, but... He's an okay fighter. He, They have the element of surprise. They set the trap within the trap. Like, they knew it was a trap. They, yeah. set their, they put their Trace Buster Buster on this Trace Buster, mm -hmm. and it didn't pay off one ounce. They had the, the element of surprise. The didn't make him feel good. Exactly. Like, it... All it did was put him back in peril, and I get that, that it's a cliffhanger, so you have to have a cliff to hang from at the end, but I'm just like, I'm so tired of seeing the dynamic duo get their butts handed to them by regular guys. It was pretty solid tail whooping. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude brought down a whole shelf on Batman's head. Like, what I am? <laughs> Even in the plane, when they recap the fight in the plane, it's like, Batman's kind of getting beat up here. Yeah. I mean, again... We haven't reached the point in Batman lore where he's basically DC's best hand-to-hand -hand combat guy. But come on. Three regular guys? And you got Robin with you? And kind of Alfred? Come and on. the element of surprise, <laughs> like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Who's got something left in the tank? Well, I have uh, two things. I think this episode was... One of those episodes we saw in like The Flash where it, it's moving the story a little bit along, but very slowly now. And so it was like, like you said, and, and you kind of get that feeling. It's kind of one of those rinse and repeat episodes just to kind of stretch it out and move the story along. I do like how they used Alfred and you get Alfred involved a little bit and him putting on this guy's and I, you know, I think that's really cool to do instead of having some other, maybe using the same guy, but I think that brought some more fun into it for this episode. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with giving Alfred a little more spotlight. I agree. Yeah. The other things I do have is the bat fights for this episode <laughs> oh before you start as soon as like he came to the hotel to save kid colt the first time yeah. and they like opened the window and came in and didn't <laughs> smash it i was like pat's gonna be so disappointed yeah. well, I, I mean, yeah, somewhat fights the window i guess yeah. <laughs> i was like oh don't open I'm it like, come on man there's a window smash you, through that. yeah but i uh he fights the crew on the airplane the flight crew mm -hmm. he fights the burning plane yeah and somehow won yeah I guess he opens the window, but kind of disappointing on that one. Then he fights gangsters in the room. Didn't do and too then bad he fights, there. Yep. And then he fights gangsters in the, I don't know, the warehouse or wherever they were. It was like a smelter. Yeah. I, I don't know. I call it a warehouse, but it's like mm. same room. It's like, a, you know, they're fighting in another room. Eh. Didn't do good either. Yeah. Not a, not a good showing for this Batman time around. It's not. You know, and, and if you're going to put somebody in Pearl, you know, mix it up a little bit. Yeah, make Maybe it Robin or Alfred. Or Alfred, yeah. You know, don't lock him in a closet. 
Yeah, and then back to what you said originally, Jared. I mean, instead of sending Alfred in there disguised as Colton, Colton show he could throw hands, man. I, I think if I think if they would have had him in there between the three of them, they they mm-hmm. might have had a little bit better of a showing. Might have pulled it off. All right. Well, with that, gentlemen, let's get in our fun facts. Our fun fact: I only brought one this week because I thought we only need this one because I've teased and tantalized about Ken Colton. He's kind of a cool character, minor. From out west, I would assume. Found a radium mine. Can throw hands. An older guy with a cool beard. Yeah, it's a cool beard, man. That beard is legit. Anybody recognize him? I'll give you the opportunity to show off you recognize him. But don't cheat if you already looked it up on the internet. I'm not, no. I'm not I, cheating. I don't know. I don't I, know. I was duped. I thought he was Alfred just kind of playing him. No, it was an actor named Charles Middleton. <gasps> Sound familiar? Yes. Where do we know him from? Charles Middleton was from Flash Gordon, if I'm not mistaken. Wasn't he Ming? Yeah, exactly. That was Ming the Merciless from our Flash Gordon tale. I couldn't believe it. I was doing the research. I was like, wait, Charles Milton. Why does that name sound familiar? Oh, my goodness. Our worlds have collided. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mind blown at this point. (laughs) I've been duped to dupe to dupe again. (laughs) That's like four layers of dupe. What was funny about it is when I watched the episode and I saw him, I was like, I feel like I've seen him somewhere before, but I was thinking old timey prospector. Maybe I saw him in an old Western or he just had that look about him. And so then I looked him up and I was like, who is this guy who played him? And he's uncredited. So it was even harder to look up. Oh, really? Wow. So I did some digging and I was like, okay, I finally found it. Okay. The Batman serial, Ken Colton is played by Charles Middleton. And I went, why does that name sound familiar? Isabel. <laughs> then I was like, oh, snap. It is oh, Ming man. the Negotiator. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. He's not Ming the Negotiator. Okay. He's Ming the Merciless. That's why he could come down on him. He came down on him, man. That's why. That's so, maybe you should have then sent him in there. He would have came down on him in that fight. Possibly. Possibly. So I'm sad that Delvin missed this episode because I think he would have enjoyed that reveal as well. But he'll hear it <laughs> at some point. So there you have it, folks. Ming the Merciless from when we covered the 1936 Flash Gordon serial has shown up in the Batman serial as Ken Colton. And I think he's going to be in at least one more episode. So I think we'll see him again. And you can really watch him. Be like, yeah, oh. I'm gonna, now I'm going <laughs> to watch him. That I know it. I'm going to be looking at him. Okay, guys, with that, let's get into our Batarang ratings. As listeners of the show will know, we rate these things on a scale of one to five. Five means you loved it. Four means you thought it was very good. Three, it was good. And two, it was just okay. One, I did not like it. Pat, you can set the tone. Oh, boy. I mentioned it already that this one I felt was kind of fillery, just kind of moving us along here. But there were some highlights in here that I did like. So I'm going to give it a three. It was good. There was some character moments. There was a lot of action in this one, really. But again, it's just one of those episodes where it's just kind of moving you along. Jason? I think I'm with Pat on this one. Like you said, there's a lot of action, but there's not any action here that really makes it stand out for me from any of the other action sequences that we've already seen. I think we've seen some really good ones. I really enjoyed the fight on the moving car. The armored car heist, I thought that was really cool. So there are some that really stand out to me. These were just kind of same old, same old to some degree. I did like the DACA scene that we talked about. 
I kind of feel like, I think Delvin mentioned it before, it almost seems like we start taking off on this one plot thread about the radium gun, and then now we're there's a plane, and now it's there's a submarine, and then, oh, the submarine's gone now. And so it feels a little disjointed. I'm hoping that these series of setbacks that DACA has experienced has culminated into an all-out war on Batman. I'm interested to see where that goes from here. There's a lot that I liked in this episode, but nothing that makes it a super standout for me. Coming back full circle, I'm going to land on three batarangs for this episode. And I'm going to join you guys, so it's three's mm-hmm. company time. I got to say that, yeah, Jason's right. Nothing remarkable about the action, unless you like watching Batman get his butt kicked again. I found myself more drawn to the Bruce Wayne parts, which, huh, not terrible. Yeah, not That's bad. why I gave it a three. Like, I liked his Bruce Wayne a little more than Batman in this episode. One thing is, we talk about plot threads. One thing that was dropped in this one, a new one to pick up on, was Batman grabbed the headgear. Mm-hmm. The zombie-fying zombie yeah. headgear. So hopefully that comes back later on. Mm-hmm. I just, you, you, know, you see him look at it, and he runs away with it. And that's about it. You're right. Oh. He did grab the one off of the knocked out guy from the plane. Uh, yep. Grabbed two of them. Got both off them. Yeah. Oh, did he? I, yep. I just saw, it looked like he had something in his hand and I had to go back and look and like, oh, he grabbed. So hopefully that comes back as a thread. Definitely. Well, with the ratings out of the way, let's get into the Gotham City mailbag. We are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks who have joined our crusade. They get early access to special long box episodes. They get to be part of our I Finished It video episodes. They get to vote on show content. They get free raffle entries and so much more. These are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much-appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Elburn Elvis. Bill Beer. Blasted or Stash It. Braxton Underwood. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins at Old Battle Wagon. Gerald Green. Jason Keene, if you know what I mean. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, I hope you like Jim Jarman too. That's hot. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Jose Pollo. Josh Strickland. Down there in Cuba. It's the MVP, Kathy Bright. Monstrous Mark Hatherley. Maxwell Traver. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. The Thunder from Down Under, Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Toronto Cop. And Brad Morin. If we miss anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if your recent edition will add you soon, you can let us know we missed you by sending an email to contact at Longbox Crusade or calling 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the And if you're asking yourself, how do I get in on this whole Crusaders Club thing? It's very easy. Patreon.com slash Longbox Crusade for as little as just $1 a month. You can get access and have all the fun behind the scenes like those folks we just read. If you don't have that $1 a month laying around, but you still want to help us out, maybe you could leave us a review on iTunes for this podcast or whatever platform you're listening on. We'd love to have a review. Click up that keyboard. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into our shares, likes, and retweets. It goes back a little ways because it's been a couple episodes. 
We're going to go back to Chapter 5, The Living Corpse, with special guest Alan Porter. And let's see who checked in and gave us a little love on that episode. We got Rad Adventures. We got Unpacking of the Power of the Power Pack, because the Power Pack, Power Can't Stop. Radioactive Dinosaur. Chris, at BTO and Bat Books. Let it Dave's Comic Heroes blog. Fan Film Fridays. Kathy Bright, the MVP. Austin Kuykendall. R. Burns. Anthony Iwaston. I'll do you one better. Bill. Carrie Edwards, PhD. And I'm so upset that uh, Jason, he does not need this next one. <laughs> of all of us, Jason does not need this next one. <laughs> Those f***ing T's. All right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm thinking in my head, do I need to bleep that? Do I not need to bleep that? I don't know. I just read what's in front of me, Pat. And that's the problem. because <laughs> <laughs> Rick Heineken. Clinton Robinson. And Helica Fetty Wolf. Oh. Pat, how about you grab a comment from last episode? All right. I'll take one from Fan Film Fridays. And Clinton says, my home is a couple hours away from the museum where Alan J. Porter mentioned. I really need to go and see the pieces he contributed. And that's the Toy and Action Figure Museum Superheroes Attraction. Yeah, you can check that out at toyandactionfiguremuseum.com. Seems like a pretty cool place. I'd like mm-hmm. that. would be cool to see. If you go, Clinton, make sure you take some pictures. That's kind of the end of all of our <laughs> comments from last episode. But hey, we enjoyed having Alan here. And as a reminder, you can comment not just on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, but you can give us a phone call for reals. We have a voicemail set up. We'd love to feature your voicemails on the show. 707-532-5269. 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone. Well, that's it for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, and more, check out the Long Box Crusade. Pat, where can they find that? Well, Jason, I am glad you asked. You can find us on the iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers, or at www.longboxcrusade.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jason. Thank you, Pat. And if you want to hear us on our track through all things in the world of James Bond, check out On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Jared, where can they find that? Yeah, we haven't heard from our sometimes roommate Christopher Walken in a while, so I'm going to let him do this one. All right. Chris, Chris, come on in here. What are you doing? Oh, hey, fellas, if you want to hear these guys talk about James Bond, you can go to iTunes or Google Play and all your podcasts. It's called On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. You can go to www.secretpodcast.podbean.com. You can go to Twitter at OHMSPod. And I'm sorry it took me a while to get over here. I was uh, trying to figure out what shoes I want to wear today. You know, I got a lot of different shoes. I've been shoe shopping with Mary Jane. And I discovered that I'm happiest in my sandals. Oh, okay. I, I, I thought you guys would like that. <laughs> All right. Okay. You you know what? That joke was going on right and I, everything. And then you hit that. And man, you are just soaring. <laughs> <laughs> soaring. Now, I don't That's know. A one. That's a good one. That's a good one.
good one, DJ Cristados. I was all ready to cut that too. I was like, well, whatever comes out of Pat's mouth next is going to get the cutting room floor. But now I that think I got to keep that one. Yeah, you could say one. that Pat took it to the max. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's enough of this. Oh, if you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at Pat. Kick us off. Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Quistatos01. Delvin's at D-Race77 or something like that. Jared, where can they find you? I'm at Yard Sale Artist. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's all at Yard Sale Artist. If you'd like to check out my artwares, just go to theyardsaleartist.com. And you can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you all for joining us for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. We'll see you next episode as we return to our coverage of the 1954 Sherlock Holmes TV series for the case of the unlucky gambler. The meetup location, 221B Baker Street. <laughs>